previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Siren says, You are holding the crown of Trugala. No. There's a group of three clergy approaching you. Since they're demons, does Abe know anything about them or the giant bat things? You're pretty sure that the birds could basically suck out your soul. Hexor is looking very fatigued. Should I just take us out of here? No. It's fine. Delvia, meet us back at the inn. And you're all going to disappear in a puff of magic, and you all arrive in the inn. Thank goodness we're all okay. Who was that man? Who? How did he know to be there? Uh, from the corner of the inn, you hear, I can tell you why he was there. Ninja Star. Who are you? Stepping from the shadows, you see the father of Dalvia and Hexor, Augberg Alistair. I draw my longsword. So listen here, sir, father, sir. What are our next steps? Sir, father, stair. Our next move must be to find the true circlet that you are searching for. We stole the wrong crown. <laughs> what? They had a tracker on that object, and if they know that somebody has it, there will be nothing that I can do to save you. I just cast non-detection on it. We have eight hours. So why the fuck did we go and steal this crown? I know as the leader of the Purified, that's not the crown that Parmar touched a millennia ago. Parmar was chosen by Helleros to deliver us the weapons that we would need to defeat the demons that had come through the portal begun by the Diadem Exorius. I wonder if that has anything to do with the... I'll show the staff. Augberg, his mouth just drops. Where did you get that? It was in his tomb, just like where the book was. He walks over and looks at the book. This part is not in the copy that we have in the Trugalan library. So what if we just look through the book I have and compare the differences, and maybe those differences might tell us where we need to go? Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. Been picking me a lot first lately. Uh, why did the squirrel do a backstroke? He wanted to keep his nuts dry so that he could drag them across Paul's face. Oh my god. You you had us in the first half. (laughs) I really liked it. Uh, Brad Richards. Oh fuck. Um, shit. Uh, fuck. Damn it. Um. Pick it back Fuck. up like a bad habit. Let's go. Um, Matt Smith. J- <laughs> Why do brothels like to hire halflings? Lower health care costs because of less damage to their knees. It's Are fine. you kidding me? <laughs> oh, come on. Maybe it's what if they're going <laughs> to church every weekend? people have worse knees. <laughs> that is a fact. What if they're going to church every weekend? Wait, Ben, you're sort of dummy. <laughs> Brad Renfro. Why do golfer always bring two pairs of pants with them? In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and Eric Nemeth. Oh, so I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm writing a book right now. I wanted to be like Harry Potter and like Game of Thrones where they kill off characters. So I need your help with it. This autobiography is going to be fucking lit. 
<laughs> Am I really the only person who threw out a balls across Paul's face joke this week? <laughs> <laughs> we are a 5th edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, and this is our 79th episode. We are picking back up after finishing up a huge fight to get the crown of Trugala, only to find out that it wasn't actually what our adventurers needed in order to complete their quest. Imagine that. <laughs> I blame Paul. It's almost like I wanted the story to keep going. Being misled and misguided by the DM to fit his own personal agenda. I feel used. This is how Dungeons and Dragons Yeah, the, uh, the first time I think that's happened. Ever. Although you'll find out that I've been laying clues all along, so it wasn't like I just made this up. But let's go ahead and figure out where you are supposed to go next. We are picking up in the inn at the ford, and Augberg... Alistair, the father of Hexor and Dalvia, who helped you escape the clutches of Zawadzki, is there with you. And he has pointed out that the book that Jet has is one of a kind, but I think that, Jet pointed that out, thank you. Well, Augberg pointed out that there was a copy of the Chronicles of Parmar in the Principium Library, but that there were differences between the two. And it was known that the version in the library was never meant to be copied. There was only ever supposed to be one copy, and it was supposed to go to the grave with Parmar. Which I have. <laughs> exactly. So now you guys are going to go through that, and you have eight hours before Dalvia's spell of non-detection expires, and the king and Zawadzki are able to track the crown that you stole. So while Jet and Augberg are looking through the manuscript... What are the rest of you going to be doing? Can we tell, like, which part of the crown has the tracking shiz on it? Because if we only really want the circlet part... They're tracking the magic of the magic crown. We don't need the rest of the crown, right? My crown! The whole crown's magic. Right. Can we, like, break the circlet part off? No. Someone has stolen the royal crown! Bold! Well, Bold. while you guys are figuring that out, I'm just going to be creepily smiling and, st like, dead eyes staring at everyone in the group while so I'm swapping my sword. And I mean, nobody at once. That's how we all, all go to sleep every night, so that's nothing new. Sorry, <laughs> side effect of enfeeblement. Hexor says, Well, I've never had to sleep with him when he was actually cognizant. Why is he staring like that? I think he likes you. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he just doesn't like you. So we, we haven't had, had a chance to rest, right? No, you have not had a chance to rest yet. So, like... Like, my arm is just, like, hanging on by, like, a single tendon right now. And I'm just limping and bloody and... <laughs> Why? What What are you sitting at health-wise? Uh, I'm at a, uh, a certain number. Don't worry, I'm not going to throw any demons at you right now. <laughs> that's, some, that's exactly what somebody who's about to throw demons at you would say. <laughs> I walk over to Abe and, like, slap his cut on his arm that's, like, barely hanging on. As hard as I can, like, full-on, like, smacking it and just lay on hands. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? May I have another? His arm flies off. And <laughs> so so we got eight hours, so we could technically just take a almost a full long rest before yeah. it. Let's let the fucking nerds here read the book. Except and, for me. I mean, none of us know. It's an Elvish, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know Elvish. I don't think I know Elvis. Nope, it's just me. So, you guys knock yourself out. I will. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a short rest for four of our eight hours, and we could all use our hit dice in that time 
so we can most likely get back up to full HPs. Well, for some of us lower HP people, who <laughs> it does not take as many rolls as Ambionitis to get back up. You're the lowest. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I am by far the softest <laughs> here. I say a long rest. Well, if we try to take a long rest and we wake up eight hours from now, our time is up. So we wake up and all the guards of the kingdom are just standing there waiting for us but already. we have full health, so... Yeah. We can take them. We sleep in by an hour by accident and... <laughs> so, I think at least Brixius is going to short rest for four hours uh, and use my hit dice. So how do these uh, lowered max HP, how does that work? Do I just have a lower max HP for all eternity now? Oh, yeah. So those of you that encountered those um, those shadow bats, your max HP stays low until you complete a full rest. A long rest. Mm. I say we take a long rest. You gave me the real good suck. I'll take a long rest if possible. So will I. How much of a rest can I get while still having to read this book? None. None, because you would be... You have to be doing very light activity in order to get a long rest. Okay. You could do a short rest. It's okay, I figured. Wait, I thought you didn't fight anyone last episode. Shut up! So, Paul, if we were to try to long rest, are we not going to have time to, like... Are we going to wake up and the tracker thing and everything, we're going to be able to be found and everything and have no time to do anything at that point if we do attempt a long rest now? If you do a long rest, the non-detection spell will end after eight hours. The amount of time that you have between the time that the spell ends and you actually encounter bad guys, that all depends because clearly Hexor and Dalvia have the ability to do teleportation. The people that are chasing you may or may not have that, or they may just have to come out on horses, which would give you another couple hours. Now, I guarantee you'd have teleportation. Prothean. Aren't you able to just summon an eagle to fly the crown and just drop it somewhere random because we don't need it anymore necessarily? I do have an eagle as a mount right now, so yes? Like, can you just have it fly and drop? Oh, because we don't need this crown anymore, right? Like, Or we break it into a couple pieces and we send them in different directions. Or we just go to a random town nearby, just have one of these two idiots teleport us. Just take a seat on the crown and just leave it. Just pawn it somewhere, sell it to some local, and then that local gets mugged. No, I was just saying, like, Town Square, just take a shit out of it and just leave it there in Town Square. You're going to do what? I think he wants to shit on it. <laughs> do something with it. Um, Dalvia says, I think he said he wants to defecate on the crown of Trugala? What does that defecate is mean? Oh, he said think, shit. I, was, I don't think he used that kind of words. <laughs> what is a defecate? This entire kingdom is full of heathens. That's what they deserve. That and fire. The country rubes don't know what defecate is, but he wants to take a big duty. Defecation. <laughs> it sounds like something I want to do to my enemies. <laughs> Call of Duty special plops. <laughs> is uh, defecation another branch of magic that you're familiar with? Yes. <laughs> like divination? Um, you're a defecation wizard. Defecation wizard. Quick, use some defecation. Some people seem to think it's an art. <laughs> Okay, Miss Defecate. Um, but yeah, we have no use for this crown anymore, right? Nope. So, Prothean, why don't you go get rid of it somewhere via Eagle, and then we can all sleep for eight hours and not have to worry about people finding us. All right. Or, or it can, you could take it to a river, drop it in the river, and then it'll 
be floating well, and they'll think it's moving. They'll think we're on a boat escaping. Well, also, chase it. didn't uh, dad over there oh, calling somebody dead? It's been so long. Uh, didn't your father over there? Oh, yeah, because your dad is dead. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I spear him. How many HPs My do you have left? Falls off. This one actually might kill you. Uh. I got 22, so I could probably take a spear. <laughs> what is my spear damage again? <laughs> One plus your strength. How did I do extra spear damage when that guy was on the stage and I did like 14 or 15 spear damage? Was it because I was running or something you said I can... Like, I don't know. I just remember... Yeah, that, that... that's why you you charged him. Okay, I charge Abe. <laughs> Twice. While they're doing that, <laughs> I'm going to go to my eagle... Tell him to find the newest, uh, no. find its shirts and just drop it on top of its shirts. Brothian, no. Because where I was trying to go with this is Dalvia's father and Hexor's father. Uh, I think he was saying that we should probably return it back to the king in the city because if we do not return it, there's going to be grave consequences. There's going to be a lot more kind of alarm going on in the city while the crown is still missing. Yeah, that's going to drop it off at the shirts. They sacked the church for me. Drop it off on top of the castle. So, wait, so does their detection, does it work in a three-dimensional space too? Or is it just like like kind of a 2D like map? Uh, Augberg chimes in and says, it works in a three-dimensional space. Mm, I was going to say, they'd be like, ooh, it's in the same location as the castle. And they uproot the entire castle looking for it, but it's actually like stuck in a shingle on the roof. So we're not allowed to drop it on a fireplace for a random church nearby? I, I, you're right. I, I guess they're going to find it regardless once the spell ends, and it will return it and restore peace in the city. So you do with it what you want. I'm going to bed. I go to my eagle, hand him uh, the crown, drop it on top of a church on the chimney. Just walk away. What if he drops it on a church of Torm? There's no church of Torm in this kingdom. Are you sure? Yeah. Why are you so positive? Because the Church of Torm has been fighting with them for a while. I was in the wars with them. I guarantee there's no Church on this side. Dungeon Master. Except for that one right there. <laughs> <laughs> why Why don't you ask one of the in-game characters who live here? Uh, Hexor. Yes! <laughs> I just like hearing you do the voice. Um, <laughs> is there a Church of Torm in this city? There is a small shrine to the god of Torm in Principium. Thank you. Brothian, you were wrong. Ha. To I've been wanting to say that Hellos. for a long time. I draw my sword. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even play. Like, great. <laughs> no one cares doing with that. Listen, you've drawn your sword so many times on me, in front of me, and everything <laughs> that it doesn't even phase me no longer. <laughs> I lick your sword. <laughs> I draw my sword. Great. What's new? It's another top of the hour at this point. <laughs> I draw out my little book and write two stars next to your name and oh, close it. I'm trying to get up to five stars, some Grand Theft Auto shit. <laughs> <laughs> when I get up to five stars, what are you sicking on me at that point? A giant black dildo named Darth Vader. It's a spirit animal. <laughs> my entire army of orphans. It's one of the Armageddon dildos. I'm, I'm kind of excited. You fight the main boss, Figus. <laughs> Well, I guess it's actually like a level like 30 fighter. No, he's level 99. <laughs> if I come back and he's a better fighter than than myself, 
Oh, yeah, he's maxed out, bro. I will have to challenge him to a war of wits. Uh, Figus has a <laughs> plus 20 strength. That's impossible. Only in his right hand. All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Prothean, you go drop it off somewhere. I don't care where. Put your sword away. You're not scary. Um, I did. That's when I drew my book out and wrote, you know, two stars next to your name. Oh, good. I'm going to bed. Good night. And I sleep for eight hours. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. I have to... sleep, sleep those eight hours, bro. No shorter, no longer. I'm going to do the same thing after I give my eagle the crown and tell him to drop it off at Church of Hellos. Right down in the chimney. Uh, Dalvia calls out and says, make sure you drop it far away from here so that they don't come looking. The, near, the nearest church is uh, two streets over. <laughs> and it just goes and drops it right next to us. How intelligent is your eagle? Please tell me smarter than you. <laughs> I just laugh and walk away. <laughs> Good. We'll be fine. I'm going to go take a massive dump and then also sleep for eight hours. Well, seven and a half at that oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> which means you're not getting your shit oh, no. <laughs> Um, Just so you know, uh, Can I combine Abe, the two? You... Can I be asleep and take my massive dump? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I just wanted to p- mention, I did look it up, double check. If you did want to take only a short rest, you would regain your max health. Oh, no, that changes everything then. Yep. Ignore the past 15 minutes of our <laughs> conversation here. We take the short rest. No. I still want a long rest. I mean, so like, I... because part of your uh, hit points were sucked away by that shadow bat um once you take a short rest your max health is restored but your whatever you're currently at stays the same right well i'm still gonna long rest okay ambionitis you're still taking that long yeah, yeah we're, taking, a, we're taking a long one i'm gonna go spoon with my brother and take a long rest Ooh, after we're done spooning do you want to spar for a little while only if we're semi-nude Oh, and you guys always <laughs> semi-nude? No, he is. I'm not a barbarian like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna go watch them spoon. <laughs> <laughs> For eight his, hours. Through his best Here's the real question. In this, in this family, who's big spoon and who's little spoon? I think our listeners need to know. Mumbo, is this gonna be canon after this? <laughs> Sounds like you need to fight for it. I feel, <laughs> I feel like the barbarian would have to be a little spoon because after a long day of being barbarian, he just wants to be held. <laughs> he just wants to feel like he's loved. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense because uh, Bri- Brixie is always wants to one up you, <laughs> and you're also older. So like, the seven foot half orc is going to be little spoon. <laughs> Come here, little brother. <laughs> Come here, little I brother. I want to nuzzle myself in your chest hairs. <laughs> In his beard of feathers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, while they're doing that, I'm going to be sitting in a rocking chair with a blanket over me in the corner watching them contentedly with some unfinished needlepoint on my lap. <laughs> All right, and then Prothean, are you also taking a long rest? Yes, I'm just going to take an entire bed, like, stoffing it out. Completely butt-ass naked, ass in the air, arms and legs completely stretched out like a stoffice. So I can also see my stoffice. <laughs> Okay. The chocolate starfish. <laughs> and then um, Hexor and Dalvia both. Well, Hexor says, I am completely tuckered out. I cast quite a few spells when we were fighting those beings, so I will go take a long rest as well. 
please, awaken me, Dalvia, if anything goes amiss. I only saw you cast two spells. He just taps the side <laughs> of his nose. What, co- cocaine? Cocaine, <laughs> yeah. Cocaine? I don't, I don't understand what you're getting at. Are you, uh, you, you enjoying the schneef? <laughs> Hoovering? Hoovering schneef? Uh, Dalvia says, all of you just go to bed. I will stay up with Jet and my father, and we will figure out what we need to do to actually find the real circlet of the Diadem Exorius. All right, but talk to your brother about his schneef use. <laughs> okay, buenos noches, bicicleta. <laughs> I'll talk to my brother about his supposed schneef when you talk to your Prothean about his very real your uh, Prothean <laughs> about his very real psychotic tendencies you talking oh about? we have he's fine we have daily intervention he's a completely normal boy boy, boy. Wait, I thought we decided I'm the leader of the group I mean yeah <laughs> Up. We all belong to you at this point. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Protein's, uh, whoa. Protein's my boss for my contract. I belong to the trees. <laughs> belong to the streets. Streets. All right. And uh, you guys go to bed. So while you guys are sleeping, Jet and Augberg and Dalvia are reading through the manuscript and reviewing things. Jet, go ahead and give me an investigation check, please. Okay. Time to be smart. Time to be smart. Oh, Lord. Hold on. That's intelligence, so minus one. Are you proficient in it? So minus... Wait. Yeah, minus one. (laughs) Seventeen. That's a very good roll. Thanks. You are nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, so looking through, what are you looking for specifically? Because Augberg has already pointed out that there that he has noticed some differences between the manuscript that he knows and the one that you have. So is there anything that you're looking for specifically? Because Augberg is also looking for some specific things. Okay, well, number one, I'm going to have the knowledge of whatever these differences are since he's pointing those out. I'm just saying. Right, he'll, he'll point those out. Um, but first, okay. what are you looking for? Well, we have these pieces of the Diadem Exorius and the whatever fake thing, so I'm looking for the location of, you know, any clues for the location of the real item that we're looking for. I'm looking for any, like, information about, like, how these things combine, what happens when they combine, if there's a way to, you know, reverse the combination. Okay. Uh... You don't find any sort of mechanics regarding the Diademic Zorius, and the only mention that you find about it is the same one that you found before, which is the Diademic Zorius was in the hands of Riley Bevden in the Prussian Canal system. And there's some additional notations that Riley was experimenting with it. So there's nothing about, like, when the pieces were split, like what happened to those pieces, or... Anything of that nature? No, but what you do notice, just as you're reading through it, having touched the black diamond, the shard of the soul of Sargonis, and having gone into the flashback, you find a passage that starts to describe the same sort of 
uh, experience that you had when you were in your flashback. The the sky grew dark, and they arrived, and there was there were screams, and darkness reigned for hundreds of days. So there's clearly something there talking about the Diadem Exorius and the pain and suffering that could ensue from experimenting with it, but the circlet is never mentioned. Maybe any weaknesses of said demons? Try fire. Uh, there is a mention that the demons that came out of the darkness, their only weakness was light. Damn. So you're telling me demons that are born in fiery hell are not weak to fire? Well, these demons particularly were only susceptible to light, but you have clearly fought demons in the past, and there are other demons that can be fought with blade and bludgeoning and whatever else you may have. Am I not reading that there might be some, like, ultimate weapon of light to be used against these? It's Prothean. <laughs> no. So you, um, you don't find any description of some weapon that you can use to bring the light and banish the darkness. Uh, the only mention of the way that the darkness was pushed back was because Hellrose came. You mean Torm. But you do read earlier on in the manuscript, you see mention of how Parmar came to his station in the Royal Scribes. And as part of his station, he was gifted the staff that you have in your hand topped with the Royal Scribe symbol, which is a cross with a star atop it. But after the um, Demon Apocalypse, you notice that there really isn't any other mention of the staff. Up until that point, he kind of talks about, oh, I walked here, and he uses very flowery language, and Parmar is talking about how he used his staff, and um, he brandished it as a mark of his station, but after the demon apocalypse, he really doesn't talk about it again. So, is there anything where, like, he would have hidden the contents of, you know, like the real relic that we're looking for behind something that's protected by his symbol, which could be like, you know, the lock for the key in which the staff is the key, and I have the staff. You're you're talking this through with Augberg at this point. What do you think there, Augie? As you're discussing the things that you've noticed and what you know compared to what he knows, and he says, that is a very interesting proposition. It why would you think that the staff is a key, though? Well, it's unlocked several things in the past, such as, you know, just yep. hidden passageways where I would just... its It would be hidden in, like, the wall or something, but it's just a faint, you know, in, indent of this symbol, and it's, you know, been used to open some stuff, so I didn't know. Like, what are the differences, though, that you've been noticing? Well, that's actually interesting that you mention a key, because... Some of the differences that I've noticed are just differences throughout where there's, um, it's almost like a different sort of interpretation of the language. And for the most part, those aren't that important. It's just a difference of how a certain word was written or a certain word was transcribed. But here, and he points to the section specifically talking about Helleros banishing the demons, he says, this whole section is completely different. The language isn't even the same. He, he takes the book and he says, here, let me go ahead and read the section that I'm specifically talking about. In the year 1457 AF, and he turns to you, Jet, and says, AF, in case you didn't know, is... <laughs> as, as fuck. As fuck. As fuck. 
after formulation. I like as fuck better. Meaning, based on based on our knowledge of when the gods formed the earth, this is 1457 after that. Henceforth known as the final year of the Age of Solemnity, a darkness descended upon the earth. Cloud formations spiraled from the north, undulating through the sky like an engorged black snake. The sun was obscured for many days as the spiraling clouds faded from distinct shapes into an unending smog that eventually sapped the world of light. Eternal night reigned for ten days before they came. And you're and you're saying that they are these dark demons that hide away? You've said you've seen these? Well, not as myself. Sort of in like a dream. Okay, well, Parmar goes on to talk about them, and I... I had always been confused about what they were. I just thought they were general demons. But this this section, those minions of darkness incarnate summoned forth from the bosom of Sargonis and Tiamat themselves. They stole away Trugalan citizens in the dark with only screams and the rending of flesh to mark their passage. It was quickly discovered that the only weapon against these foul creatures was light. I, uh, meaning Parmar, stayed with the sovereign and his kin, keeping the castle lit as a bastion against the night. We prayed to Hellerose for guidance, for his light, you mean Torm. and after exactly 143 days in the dark, our prayers were answered. And then in the passage that I'm familiar with, he goes on to speak about how the light returned, people came out of their homes, they discovered that many of their family members had been disappeared, yada yada. But this whole section right here, I've never seen before. The, the part that begins with the key for our salvation came at the beginning. So maybe he's talking, maybe this is the key. Would you like to read it? So the part that's saying the key is pouring forth from the horizon. Yes, keep, keep going, keep going. As a new beacon, light of divine order and being interminable, ascendant into the heavens to banish those foul creatures that plagued our nightmares without end. Maybe there's something in there that we can use. Then from the plains rose a terrible screech that hewed the ear and fractured the soul. Helleros evinced weakness from the darkness. Damned once again were they from the depths infernal. On a mighty steed charged forth our ascendant with lance of fire that emitted fierce motes of rage. And in Helleros's wake, charged on our masses, kept hidden from fear and guilt, never more to deal in the blackness, such that delivered us into night. Operatic was it to discover that our extinction neared because of our own hand. Taking pity, Torm had provided... Oh, don't worry, Protein's not here. Read it, read it properly. I'm not here. I'm passed out, butt-ass naked. Ass up. So, Helleros had provided salvation and hearth to us, providing knowledge of our folly, rid ourselves of old magics, greed, and revenge. Only then would people of Trugala find eternal peace. Torm's Helleros's, light ended the demon apocalypse and opened a new age. I ventured forth to continue laying down records of Trugala as they occurred. Decisive was I in my path. Sacrosanct was the second chance proffered through Torm's 
Hell roses. Grace to the people of Trugala. As a royal scribe, twas duty to see the law followed, and my chronicles thusly complete. For with shall I contain my further notations. The end. Happy New Year! I am excited to be back and be doing the mid-roll that we all know and love. I personally took some time off after publishing the last episode in order to be with my family, so thank you all for your understanding and your patience. It was a great way to ring out the hell year that was 2020, and many of the others on the show uh, did the same, taking some time with loved ones, some time to recuperate, and uh, all of us getting recharged for the year to come. One of our New Year's resolutions as a team is hitting the end of this current arc and reaching episode 100, so we are super excited about that. If you've been trying to think of a New Year's resolution, why not review more of your favorite podcasts? You know, like us. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review. It's always a boost to our position on the podcast charts, and we love hearing your feedback. And, as a reward for you sticking to your resolution, we'll read you on the air. Look at you, already off to a great start this year. Now, I know there was a delay between this episode and the last, but if you were really itching to hear more of us over the holiday, one way you could have satisfied that craving was with our Patreon content. We have bloopers, aka the stuff that didn't make the cut, conversational recaps, also known as the banter before the episode, and later this month, those extra episodes I've been promising. You can get some of that at the lower tiers, or all of it at the higher tiers, along with other great benefits like exclusive merchandise and one-on-one conversations with a host. Eric will be our first host sitting down later this month to have a conversation about the podcast, his characters, and who knows what else. So head on over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros for all the terrific bonus content. And don't forget, our all-inclusive Shade Arrow tier is on sale and has been extended only through the end of January 2021, so make sure you act fast. Now that the holidays are over, maybe you have a couple gift cards you're sitting on and don't know what to do with. Might I suggest some excellent Death Saving Bros merchandise, available exclusively at redbubble.com? Simply search Death Saving Bros to see all our designs, including amazing artwork from the incredible Mitchie Blue on Instagram. Everything from shirts and hoodies to wall clocks are available now at redbubble.com. The last thing we always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that have made this show possible. Will Savino and Alex, the boy king of Idaho, both continue to grace our show with their fantastic melodies, and their music is available for you and your tabletop games too, on Patreon. Will's music is available at patreon.com slash musicd20, and Alex is posting at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. And no one is more to thank for their support than our patrons. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the show, 
but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher. So they get their supporter shout out right now. Ryan Cushman, Two Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Augberg is just sitting there staring at the page and goes, All right, did you get anything from that? <laughs> did did you? I just read it. Of course I got something from it. What did you get? Well, it it's very flowery language. It's it's quite poetic, but it's just talking about things that we have that we've found from other sources that yes, Helleros came, he rid us of the demons, and then we learned that it was only through our greed and are dabbling in old magics that we had unwittingly released the demons into our own world. And that's why we no longer practice demonic magic, except for those that have obviously been corrupted, like Zawadzki. But didn't it also say that once we rid ourselves of our greed and everything, that we would be shown the key to winning? Or something. Right, but that's more of a religious tenant than anything else. I don't think that that's the key that he's talking about. Because, I mean, he, he starts it off by saying the key for our salvation came at the beginning. The beginning of what? They were in the dark for 143 days. How could the key possibly have been at the beginning? It was the beginning AF. Unless it was the same thing that started the darkness. So you're saying that the key is the Diademic Zorius? It's about the only lead I've got at this point, so I think we should take it. Well, perhaps uh, we've we've kind of perused the book. We we have a good idea, and your crazy friend Prothean has deposited the crown somewhere else. Perhaps we should wake everybody else up, see what they think. That's how you get executed. What? Yeah, has it been eight hours? What exact time is it right now? This is important. <laughs> you all are asleep. It has been seven hours and fifty nine minutes. I I think I should tell you about a one-minute monologue from our journeys that we've had before we wake these travelers. He wakes up like two seconds beforehand. We just, we all gain a level in Barbarian. Why <laughs> <laughs> into a rage. That's how crusades start. <laughs> he has started crusades for much less. <laughs> Dalvia says, all right, it's been an extra minute. It's been exactly eight hours now. Shall we go wake them? It, I you you do it (laughs) (laughs) okay why are you afraid just just you should wake them up (laughs) okay well now i'm afraid stan (laughs) yeah stan go go wake up our companions okay please anything for you dalvia stay in the man and uh he walks upstairs and starts banging on your doors he doesn't just open the door to see big men spooning and Abe watching, sleeping with his eyes open. <laughs> Does he open just my door? upside down watching. Uh, he, knocks, he knocks first on Prothean's door and says, hey, we need you downstairs. I don't respond. 
You hear Alright, now he opens the door and says, Hey, Prothean. A great suit just comes flying right next to his head and to the impales a wall next to him. <laughs> Prothean, we need you downstairs. Longsword goes right next to the great sword. I'll give you five more minutes. And he closes the door. Does he come to our door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knocks on your door next. Bang, 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 bang. We don't respond. He slowly lifts the latch, throws open the door, and backs away. And he just sees the most gentle <laughs> spooning going on in the world. <laughs> or, Do I, does this wake me up? No, it happens just as sunrise as light peers through the window. So captured by the beauty of the moment, he sits down with a stencil and paints said portrait of the scene. Bluebirds chirping. <laughs> all birds chirping. Now, in our sleep, did we roll to face each other at all, or do we stay spooning? You are nose to nose. We are morning wood to morning wood. <laughs> nose so to toes. We're actually further apart than when we started. Nice. Good call. <laughs> all right, so I wake up as Stan opens the door. I see Stan. I realize that he's woken me up. I get really tense. I start standing up. I'm like, Stan, Stan. Then I look at my uh, my wrist uh, sundial. Inside. Inside. <laughs> and then I go, oh, wait, no, you're good. That was eight hours. <laughs> and then I look over and stunned by the beauty of uh, the two brothers. There's just a few uh, feathers from Brixie's <laughs> beard on Ambionitis's face. In my beard. <laughs> I shed a single tear. But I slept with my, with my shades on. Those always stay on. Um, Stan says, uh, we've got some news downstairs. We need your help. I see my own okay. reflection <laughs> in your sunglasses when I open my eyes and it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Wait, are you looking straight ahead? Yeah, so now we're now we're nose to nose, <laughs> to morning tip. wood to morning wood. And you have to have your face either like completely straight down in the pillow or completely looking straight up to see him. <laughs> He scares him senseless when he wakes up. He shits the bed. The whole vibe is over here. This is how every morning starts. <laughs> With beautiful, gentle, peaceful sleeping, and then horrible, <laughs> horrible uh, way to get woken up. Because I wake up, get scared as hell, probably end up punching you or shoving you, and then you wake up to a fist every morning. It's because he sees a reflection in Ambionitis' eyes, but it's like with his cross-eyed look, so it doesn't <laughs> quite look human. <laughs> and every morning after I throw my first punch, I say, thank God I'm not stupid, too. <laughs> I feel this punch. I freak the fuck out. I absolutely sprint at the door, close it, and kick it the fuck open. <laughs> Every every morning you go close and just boot it. Every morning there's a there's a reflection in my brother's sunglasses, and I kick down the door frame. I know I'm only seeing my brother's reflection, but I'm gonna do it every morning. And then I look at Stan and say, "What fucking time is it? How long was I sleeping?" <laughs> Stan, answer my brother's Stan. question. How long were we asleep for? Um, I think it's been like eight hours, five minutes. I said eight hours on the dot. Not a minute shorter, not a minute longer. 8.05, I spear Stan in the doorway. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to wake him up. 
805. God damn it! I rip the rest of the door <laughs> off the hinges and chuck it through the nearest window. The entire day is ruined. Might as well go back to sleep. Go back to bed. I can never get those five minutes back now. God damn it, I'm missing waffles. Uh, go wake up Rosie and for me then, and I'll meet you downstairs. I'll make you some waffles. Nah, fuck that. We're not stupid. You woke us up before Prothean. God damn it. I ripped the next door I see right <laughs> off the hinges. That one's gone too. <laughs> and also, I will not wake Prothean. I know better. When you rip the nearest door off, it's Prothean's room. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm so Good morning, Prothean. How many... I look at Stan. How many weapons did he throw at you? Two. So he's out. Right on. As the knife comes flying. Fuck. I so grab, I carry three. I grab the next door I find. That one's gone too. <laughs> we gotta fashion a door into a shield for you. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just go downstairs. Get some oatmeal or waffles or something. They've got they've got some news about the manuscript. Oatmeal. You have maple syrup. Damn it. I pulled my weapons out of the wall while holding my arm and clothing under my arm. Still butt ass naked. Walked downstairs. The waffles are going to be hard by this point. God damn it, they're <laughs> soggy. Where's the Aunt Jemima's fuck? I'm going to get dressed in the um, dining room. Miss Buttersworth, where are you at? <laughs> Take off my shades to clean them, and under my shades are more shades. <laughs> <laughs> now what does my dark vision tell me? I put on pants and hop in the shower. Take them <laughs> off when I get out. <laughs> Uh, once you're all downstairs, Dalvia says, Well, good morning, everyone. Um, do we see them with the, the book? Yes, you do. I want to be like, how was it, nerds? And slap the book in other hands and then give, uh, <laughs> give Mr. Alistair a wedgie. Just see me with bags under my eyes. <laughs> Haven't slept a wink in the last I do, eight wait, hours. Yeah, that's there. I'm going to give Jet a wedgie. <laughs> Even my bags have bags. You guys woke us up for a fucking book. Book club? Augberg says, we think we may have some information, but we need we need some some more sets of eyes, though now I'm rethinking this a little bit. Anywho. You woke me up. You invited me to eyes. a book club to read? I don't read. That's why I don't go to book club. <laughs> Where's the nearest door? <laughs> the only book you need to read in life is a book of Tom. Every other book should just be burned. I cannot read any books. There, I've said it. Do you guys Everybody stop. <laughs> Do you guys understand why I did not want to wake them up for this? I donkey kicked Jet. I grab a door. <laughs> Alright, so I'll donkey kick Jet while he's being suspended in the air. Well, Ambionitis, what would you like to do with your door? <laughs> what kind of wood is it? How does this work that uh, before they all got woken up, like once I told someone, like, hey, someone else go wake him up, <laughs> I I spent a Kai point to do the patient defense where I just have a bonus action ready here. Won't do anything. We start every morning the same way with a donkey kick. You can't break ritual, Jet. I've tried. I need, to, I need to loosen up my knees for the morning. I've tried 265 times. I'll try it 267th way. Every door in the place is like shittily duct tape and nailed back together after I dismantle them. Stan comes running down the stairs saying, Stop, stop trying to destroy my my inn. Stop it. I draw my grade, so put it to his throat. <laughs> and then Augberg, suddenly there's a knife at your throat and says, Don't you do it, son. Stay out of this, Stan. Stan, what? don't worry. We got a door, door. guy. <laughs> I turn into a shadow. 
I'm in the corner gnawing on the door. <laughs> Where's the fucking waffles? I draw my penis, put it to Brothian's throat. I was told there were goddamn waffles. I draw my longsword and put it to Jet's throat. <laughs> I'm holding a greatsword with one hand, a longsword with the other. Both people's throats. Torm, Christ, where's the fucking waffles? <laughs> Door sailing. Hexor comes down the stairs and says, Don't you dare make me feeble mind you again, Prothean. I throw a sword at him. I sheathed my penis. Door is sailing. <laughs> Dalvia is sitting there at the table, massaging her temples. <laughs> How do they cook the waffles? Because I do not believe they have said toasters. Do they have waffle irons? Do they have uh, frozen Eggos? <laughs> do they have like a, an ice box out back and there's just like a cardboard box of like Eggos in it? Exor picks Eagles. up a waffle. Let go of my Eggos! <laughs> it just starts throwing the fuck out of frozen waffles. <laughs> Can you pick up like a frozen waffle and like firebolt it and like that'll cook it? Plus one cryo damage. I think it would incinerate it. Wait. If you throw a waffle at me, I can use Hellish Rebuke on the waffle to warm it up. <laughs> oh! Well, you just have, like, wet dough slapping in the face on the that's, that's how we cook in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> just get to like, get the reaction out of you. Get, like, an entire entire side of deer or something. There's, like, whack. there's a specific wall with a painted target that Protheum just stands in front of to start the morning, and we just <laughs> take fucking fruit and just launch it. <laughs> It's so almost like, like okay, a... we're having soup today. <laughs> Step into the bullpen and just start heaving all food at Prothean. Well, Abe, you probably have hellish rebuke too, right? I do. I can only do it once, though. So, like, no. I've come to a realization about my character, and it's only taken me 79 episodes to do it. I have a door fetish. <laughs> I'm really excited when it's a really nice, good wood door. Really gets me going in the morning. I just want to handle it. You want to knob it? I want to touch its knobs. I want to nail it, so to speak. Dalvia says, Can we please deal with trying to find the Diadem Exorius? And everybody sit down so that Stan can stop worrying about the doors being ripped off the hinges and he can go make us breakfast. Well, this is what happens. Well, A, you let us sleep five minutes too long. That is not good. <laughs> It throws off the entire balance of the system. And B, this is how every morning starts. We just need a few more minutes. They have a secret closet full of doors. <laughs> <laughs> Are there waffles at this table by now? After a few more minutes, uh, once you guys have gotten everything out of your system, Stan is able to go over and you can hear the sizzling of batter as it hits the waffle iron. Smell that fresh waffle scent. So it's coming. Stan, do you have chocolate chips? For the waffles. Blueberries! <laughs> I draw my knife, stab it on the table. Are these kosher? I didn't want salmon. I said it four times. Stan just sighs and says, Yes. Thanks. Are these made with love? <laughs> Stan, the waffles. Will you make mine look like Mickey Mouse? <laughs> make it look like cheddar. Make mine in the shape of a ham of Tom. Those are pancakes. I do waffles. They cut my Just waffle. Just make two mini ones and put it at top for mouse ears. What I'm saying is I want three waffles, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> three stacked butter. He places a uh, stack of waffles in front of Brixius with two turned up in the shape of ears and blueberry compote on top of it and in the shape of a mouse face. Uh, then he 
places two waffles in front of Abe with chocolate chips melting in between. Wait, then he, wait, wait. Like he took, like he made the waffles and then he took chocolate chips and like sandwiched them <laughs> in between the waffles. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And there are chocolate chips in the waffle themselves. Good save, good okay. save. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're about to have a uh, serious problem. And this is why we get nothing done. I consider uh, that an attack on my person, and I use Hellish Rebuke on Stan. <laughs> I'm just, just now realizing, guys. Hellish Rebuke also works for emotional wounds. <laughs> let me find out my waffles are soggy. Go ahead, let me find out. And then uh, Ambionitis winds up with some waffles in front of him. Are he they, likes them with whipped cream. Are they soggy waffles? They are nice and crispy with uh, a smiley face of whipped cream on top. You are goddamn right they are. <laughs> and then also a little cup of whipped cream so you can dunk the waffles too. Man. How did Stan know you're a dunker? I almost want to apologize for all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Is this low fat? And then uh, he places... Waffles in front of everybody else and an assortment of fruit on the table. And uh, he has Aunt Jemima's, Mrs. Buttersworth, Log Cabin, and uh, all-natural maple syrup. And in front of Prothean, he he just slides it across the table towards you because he doesn't want to get near you again. I like how he's only salty with you for throwing a knife and purposely missing and sinking it in the wall. But I broke I, I, everything. I, I, I broke everything. I flat out speared him, <laughs> and he's so nice to us. I pull on my greatsword, stabbed waffles with, and need the waffles off my greatsword. Where's the fucking cartoons? Shit. And Augberg wraps his knuckles on the table and says, All right, now, we need to figure out where... The Diadem Exorius is. I'm sorry, what was that? I was chewing. This, <laughs> this book didn't help out too much. I think that there was still much to be learned from this book, but we need to figure out what it's saying. We found a major difference in the book. Jet, if you want to share your findings first with the group, and anything that you found just from the, the book in general. I share my findings with the group. <laughs> Where's the fucking milk? <laughs> Damn it, and it better be chocolate. No, I only so take goat milk. You guys remember when we were uh, getting Ambionitis here to be the king of the goblins and we all had that like weird shared dream type thing? Pretend, no. Pretend what I'm are you talking about? about? Who? So that actually <laughs> appears to have happened for real life because it's talked about in this chapter here. And um, Torm... Hellerose. Um, sent something... Like a, a light of some sort was the weapon against them to fight those things. And. Is it called the sun? <laughs> I, you know, they actually never said that. Walk outside and look straight up. Did it look like that? <laughs> <laughs> Is this this big light that we were talking about? Maybe a, stare at it for a couple minutes. I'd to, say uh, not, because, you know, y'all were in that dream too. You just. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> the sun went dark forever was at that there point. An illustration in this book was Almost it a, a drawn of a circle year. with a bunch of squiggly lines around it indicating light. <laughs> no, it's more like the Teletubbies where there's a baby's, a baby's face, on face. It, which is the creepiest thing in the world. <laughs> okay, great findings, Jet. 
the only way to defeat these things is the baby of light, so we gotta get babies and chuck them at them. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta drop babies into the sun. It's the only way. <laughs> um, yeah, there wasn't anything useful in there. I didn't find nothing. Alright, and uh, Dalvia and Hexor's father, what, what do you have to add into this? Well, I would just like to point out, says Ogberg, that Jet was talking to me about his staff and how his staff may be a key of some sort. Um, but then I also noticed that there's a whole section of the manuscript that is completely different from anything that I've ever read before in the version that we have in the Principium Library. And the line that stands out to me is, the key for our salvation came at the beginning. And then there are several paragraphs that I've never seen before, and they describe the whole coming of Helleros and how he saved us, but it, it's very, very poetic when the rest of the manuscript isn't quite so flowery. So I'm thinking that there's something in here that is the key to what we're looking for. Came at the beginning of what, the book? Did you read the first part of the book? The first part of the book is exactly the same as it is in the version in Principium. Okay. It, it says... Herein lie the Chronicles of Parmar. Okay, question. Where was Parmar born? Uh, it says in here that he was born in Principium. Okay, I didn't know if it was at the beginning of his life. The beginning of what? Well, it was, uh, it came at the beginning, so when was his, uh, his first <laughs> sexual experience? <laughs> I don't believe that, it definitely does not say that in this book. That's definitely not the right book, then. <laughs> I thought it was his diary. No, it's not his diary. It's a chronicle of the history of Trugala. Okay. Written by him about him. Written from his perspective as he interpreted and witnessed the events of the age. I mean, he's kind of a pretentious douchebag for calling it the Chronicles of Parmar, but I mean, it's his diary, essentially. <laughs> so he is an entire country to himself. <laughs> that sounds like some soul-centered bullshit I would do. That was coming from Prothean. All right, Mr. Uh, Dalvian Hexor's dad. Um, you know a lot more about Parmar than any of us do, especially after reading said book. So when he is referencing the beginning, what do you think he means? The beginning of what? Well, beginning of darkness, obviously. The beginning of the yeah, book. If it's, if it's the beginning of the darkness, like presumably the crystal part of Sargonis bullshit, Black Diamond, started it, supposedly. Oh, remember, it was whatever, when we were in that flashback, we sort of experienced it, where everything went dark, and it sort of started this whole demonic terror phase, right. and it might have been whatever, you know, at the beginning of that, so if we knew what started that, maybe we can know. But it was, uh, it was Blyly Revden screwing around with the diamond that, Did you say uh, Blyly Revden? Yeah, Riley Bevden. I thought you said Blyly Revden. No, yeah, no. No, I said Riley Bevden. That's what he said, he said but, Riley uh, Bevden. Him screwing around with the, the diamond started it, and then when we were in flashback mode, Parmar really wanted the diadem and the diamond together, supposedly, to stop it. And then we all got horribly... Oh, wait, no. I got horribly disemboweled. <laughs> Everyone else died a relatively quick death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, wait. We have the diamond with us, right? Yes. Someone toss it over here and I'll look at it. So it's like, that the key? Wait, did you throw me the diamond? I don't have it. Who has the diamond? Think Dalvia. Uh, throw it over here. I want to look at it. Dalvia. She doesn't throw it to you. 
Get fucked. <laughs> I mean, do we think the diamond is what he's talking about when he says the key? Is that what it's talking about? Is there any other mention of this diamond in the, uh, in the diary? There's no other mention of it. It just says that they, you know, they were, yeah, just I mean, what we know combined. When we were in flashback, it seemed like he knew what he was, knew what it was. So for him to not mention it directly in the diary is weird. Well, maybe, we, maybe we don't have the right version of the book and there's another out there with more missing pieces. Well, at the oh. end of the passage, it did say he would continue to write his findings. So maybe there's just other passages we have to find. Is there any other places that are important to him? Dalvia is looking over the book and she says, Father, I think you may have mistranslated this line. You can't read Elvish. Sure I can. Seems like your uh, your child is talking back to you. <laughs> I'm talking back to Jet, who clearly doesn't know what I can and cannot read. It doesn't say the key for our salvation past tense came. It says the key for our salvation comes at the beginning. Present tense. Present continuing. Okay. So then, Dalvia, how would you interpret that? Well, I, I don't know, but... Either way, key for our salvation came at the beginning or comes at the beginning. Either way, clearly, what we're trying to do is find out where the Diademic Zorius circlet is, not what it is. We're trying to find out where it is. Right. Did we ever go to that cave that in the flashback we all died in? We tried, and it was built over, so we couldn't find it exactly. I feel like we actually need to go back to that cave. Well, right, and we went to where we thought it was, and there was a big wall and a tunnel system, and then we yeah, ended up Yeah, these douchebags built their manor on top of it. In Dalvia and uh, Hexor's oh, yeah. father's basement is where we ended up. Hexor says, yes, we have already determined that our manor is where the cave used to be, which is why we had that fake circlet. I feel like we'll have to go back to the manor to stop this demons from coming. I feel like that's going to be important later on, but not important at this moment. Is there any secret rooms in your manor? Ogberg says, no, I would know if there were any secret rooms. How would they know their secret? Well, you didn't know you had an uh, important priceless relic up on your chandelier, so... Yeah. I knew that there was a priceless relic up there. And we all kind of snuck in through a hidden passage. What kind of, uh, kind of doors you got in that manor? Are they, uh, any nice ones? A rich mahogany? Ooh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of time for mahogany doors. <laughs> Cocobolo? Any African rosewood? So, where does this leave us? We're trying to find where it is, which, that's what we've been trying to do this whole time. We've known what it is, now we're just trying to find where. And based on all of the reading, you guys stayed up for hours brainstorming and putting your heads to this. You're telling me you've come up with nothing. Jack shit. And you have to wake us, the, the smart people, and bring us in to figure it out and put the pieces together. We read hundreds of pages, and this is the summary that we got. We woke you up because you had a full rest. Ogberg says, the phrase that I keep coming back to is the key for our salvation came slash comes at the beginning. What does the first paragraph say? In the year 1457, as fuck, henceforth known as the final year of the Age of Solemnity, a darkness descended upon the earth. Cloud formations spiraled from the north, undulating through the sky like an engorged to go to the black north. snake. That's what it is. Is 1457 AF henceforth an address? <laughs> Hexor says, Not to my knowledge. 
We do not number anything like that. Wait, well, present catalysis, was that north from here? I honestly do not remember the present canals. What cardinal direction are the canals from here? Dalvia says, they're north. Oh, it's probably coming from there. Well, as you've said multiple times in your life story, yes, you found the, um... I never told you my life story. That's actually true. I'm okay without it at this moment. So start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you found the shard of Sargonis in the Prussian Canal system. So what's the line Dude keeps coming back to? The key to, for our, our salvation, salvation came at the beginning. beginning. Which the beginning of the second column starts with taking pity. Hellerus provided salvation. Provided knowledge of our folly, which was what? We have to rid ourselves of magics, greed, and revenge. Based on my knowledge of words, I would say, take Hellerus's... Yeah, no, hold on. Look at that second column. Take operatic... Taking Hellerus's sacrosact. sacrosact. We gotta take Hellerus's sacrosact. Sacred sacrosact. real good. Taking Helleros's sacrosanct. I have sacrosanct. an idea. What is a sacrosanct? Uh, the castle, pouring forth from the horizon. Which way does a castle on balcony face that the king talks to the crowds from? Because that's probably the same balcony they'll be looking from the same pouring from the horizon. So it's some, probably something in that direction, maybe. Like the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? But what does that have to do with the beginning? It's the beginning of that. Paragraph. Why is that a semi or is that a colon? What's the semicolon? What's the two dots? A colon. Colon. Why is there a colon there? The balcony that the king addresses the crowds from faces west. But if we're talking about the beginning and you know, let's say the sun, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So it's not the sun. Well, again, we're we're trying to find figure out where the diadem exorius is. Not what it is. We already know what it is. Well, in the beginning, the darkness spiraled from the north. The, well, when you read the words, um, what I know is the beginning is stuff that starts something. Uh, so if we were to look at the starting word to each line or each paragraph, because I know what a paragraph is, Maybe that could help us. And I would love to tell you what that would spell or sound in sentence form. But I'm just afraid I can't. So if somebody would like to uh, look into that, we could try that. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense putting it to every like word or like sentence. But looking down the paragraphs, it's... Let's see it. So if we start at where it says the salvation came at the beginning, we have P-L-A-C place the diamond on throne old staff. Hogberg takes in a breath and says, you were right, Jet. No. Oh, I feel like Nicolas Cage. It was <laughs> not Jet who was right. It was me. Well, no, Brixius. Brixius, myself. I was the one who had the idea. I do words better than all of you people. Don't give the credit to Jet. He gets enough credit at work. You're an honorary scribe. 
Brixius, I only meant to say that last night he was talking about his staff. About his staff possibly being the key, and to your credit, thank you. I I can't believe that we didn't see this. He talks about his staff a lot. He's a growing boy. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe you didn't see it and I saw it. I saw something. I saw it and I knew words and I I figured out our riddle. (laughs) You wonder what I saw? I saw this guy with one eye, but the other eye open. So the wall. (laughs) Damn it! I have a question. You've been in a throne room a lot. Is there any place that looks like it would hold to diamond? Yes, the uh, on the back of the throne there is a diamond-shaped indentation. There's also a butt cheek imprints. This whole time going on, I'm just destroying waffles. <laughs> just, just looking at, just hunched over my plate, just shoveling waffles, looking at everybody as they're talking. I'm talking with a, a waffle like having on my sword still. I'm not using a dagger, I'm using a full-on great sword. He's talking anime eating, where it's just like 30 plates of waffles. Brothian, do you ever try to walk and eat at the same time and accidentally trip? <laughs> <laughs> I did that once. Lost my fork. Don't worry. I ended up throwing my arm um, sword. That poor orphan. <laughs> we can always make more orphans. Sword swallowers. Uh, Ogberg says, yes, they're, Jet's correct. There is a diamond uh, engraved into the headrest of the throne. And Brixius, you're you're right, actually. There are butt prints, but there's also a stitched circle on the cushion of the throne. We have to put the diamond on the throne while holding the staff. We have to go back to the throne room where we just stole the crown and security is higher. Um, probably most of the guards are looking for the crown, so it's probably going to be security's less. Uh, Ogberg speaks up and says, I know that security will still be in place. It won't be easy to get in this time. Okay. I guess so we, we have, have to... to break back into the castle. Great. Stellar. Well, at least I'm we... so excited to be a part of this. <laughs> Let's just do the exact same plan as last time. It seemed to work for us. They'll be expecting it that way. I said we stormed the front door. Well, they Why don't... don't we just teleport straight to the throne room? Because our friends know how to do that. Yeah, uh, I still... at night. That seemed they didn't know we came at night beforehand. I still said we th- stormed the throne room. We'll have to figure out what we're gonna do next time on the Death Saving Bros podcast. You call them our friends, like they don't want to kill us. <laughs> so we're like healed at stuff, right? Yes. What do you mean, our friends? Our friends. I've broken everything in this place, and they definitely want to murder us we after this is done. We have this little card that I carry around that says we're friends. And friends don't get angry at friends for breaking their doors. <laughs> Sorry, they're just really nice doors. You know what else friends don't get mad at friends for doing? Referring our podcast? Leaving less than a five-star rating and review. Because that's what friends do. Because that's what friends do. That um, that phrasing doesn't really work, but friends do review other friends' podcasts, and uh, that's what you should do. If you enjoyed what you heard, you should head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review. You can also head over to patreon.com slash deathsavingbros to get exclusive content, including bloopers, conversational recaps, and extra content. If you would like to keep in touch with us in between episodes, you can reach out to us on social media at Death Saving Bros on Twitter, Facebook, 
Instagram, and Reddit. You can reach me personally at hpcamper on Twitter and at hpcamper.14 on Instagram. You can find me at benfro15, but you can't be my friend in real life. On Twitter, I am at <laughs> Ima underscore B underscore rad. You can follow the Reddit at our name. O-U-R name. No, N-A-Y-M-E. At Death Saving Bros. Yes, name. Name. Our name. Our name. You don't have to worry about following me, because if you don't leave a review, I'm going to find your IP address, track you down, and go full Prothean on you. I'll be bringing a great sword, a longsword, and a dagger, and we're going to have some fun if you don't leave a five-star review. That's for every one of the listeners. Which we might actually Thank you. have in this basement somewhere. And you can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T-Smith. Not playing games with the rest of us. Fuck you Just guys. Just Gene. Just Gene. And for all those of you who are listening in their cars, in their homes, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs On the Shores, Thinking Music, and Wizard Torium are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. These tracks are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The songs A Fey Presence, Do Not Weep for the Fallen Tavern, In Corridors of Yore, and In the Warmth of the Fire are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village Day Peace is by the Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.